The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hey there, and welcome back to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. Now, in today's episode, I get into a, a deeply resonant conversation with Makozi Nojeza, known as the Royal Shaman. Now, I think you're going to love this conversation. It's raw and edgy, deep, and integrates ancient wisdom with real practical insights about life and, and leadership and business. Makozi is the world-leading African shaman specializing in energetic alignment and also human potential. Now, she mentors high-performing individuals to help them create powerful transformations that amplifies their wealth and also their impact in our world. She's called a spiritual guide for empire builders, and I think that's because she turns entrepreneurs into more conscious leaders. And she teaches thousands of people in her online communities to really connect with their best self. Those working with her see incredible growth personally and professionally. And I think she was referred to as a productivity shaman by Girl Boss and the Get Shit Done shaman by Refinery29 for her ability to motivate and really enlighten. She kind of has this unique blend of mixing real talk and ancient wisdom as a spiritual advisor for modern times. And it's true to say she's fully initiated as a South African Sanusi Zulu shaman and is trained in ancient Egyptian spirit spirituality through the Dojon Mystery School. Now, she uses integration and evolution and uses them to show disruptive visionaries how they can magnetize more in flow and alignment with their authentic essence, establish a life that lies beyond success encompassed by legacy, freedom, and fulfillment. And she's making you know, a massive impact in the world, changing the lives of thousands of individuals, shifting paradigms for people across the globe by sharing a knowledge on social media and empowering them to build what she refers to as a euphoric existence filled with limitless abundance. And you're gonna hear us talking about that in the conversation. Now, I'm not sure I can fully put into words what Makozi shares here because it's kind of beyond the confines of language in a way. At times in our discussion, it felt like a um, like a sacred transmission that she was tapping into a stream of consciousness, like the information was moving through her directly into our conversation. And it felt deep, it felt resonant, and so aligned with so many conversations we have in the Sacred Changemakers community. So what I would say is create some space for yourself to listen. Just process and allow her thoughtful words to move through you, to, to shape you 
and integrate into your way of being. Because that really is the title for our conversation today, which is creating space and time to integrate new ways of being. Now, I really hope you enjoy what you're about to hear, because if you're receptive and open, this conversation has the potential to change the way you look at your world. So without further ado, let me introduce you. Here is Makozi. Hey, Makozi, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely amazing. I can't wait to dive in with you today, Jane. It's going to be great. No, I'm really excited to talk to you. I am. Now, our listeners have just heard your professional bio and all the amazing work that you're up to in the world right now. But I'd love to just help them get a sense of like the real life human behind the bio. Who is she? Tell us a little bit about her. Yeah. You know, it's really funny you ask that because a lot of people have so many assumptions about what it what it must be like to, you know, be a modern day shaman. And, and while, yes, there are certain aspects of my, um, my way of living that is maybe a little bit different because I recognize the spirit in all things, but I also am very regular in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a mom. My son is getting ready to turn 10 years old. I've been with my husband for uh, let's see, 13 years, 10 years married. And, you know, what people don't always know about me is I'm number one, very, I tend to be quite fun and funny. And also (laughs) I absolutely love research. I spend a ton of my free time just diving into all sorts of things that I'm curious about. And I'm also a lover of, of fashion, of, beauty and all things we could say maybe the feminine expression like dance and song and um some of these things that the world suppresses (laughs) as not important (laughs) but i personally believe that it's our connection to these um very spiritual ways of being that keep us in alignment, keep us inspired, keep us um, in expansion. I love that. I do. And I think that's one of the things I appreciate about you is the the quality of artistry you bring to everything that you do, including your social media posts, right? And so, and you're right, we do suppress that in our modern culture. So I've got to, I want to walk back to one of the things you said about being a modern day shaman and I would really love you to kind of expand on that for us a little bit and tell us like what does that mean to you what is that (sighs) well I think that there's a lot of um stereotypes and expectations that are placed upon what that word means and I think it's important that we understand that context matters or or rather environment matters and so some of the ways that our ancestors and the healers specifically in our ancestral groups some of the ways that they um expressed and stayed connected with spirit were dependent upon 
the culture, on the environment, on, you know, what is happening at that time. And so when I speak about what does it mean to be a modern day shaman, um, I can give you a really great example of the differences. (laughs) So you can really see how, how that shows up. So one of our um, ancestral ways for a shaman will be, let's say through um, offerings. So we can go back in time and some of the ancient offerings that were arranged and, and rituals that were worked by shamans included things like um, offering different foods as well as animals, so on and so forth. And some of those practices still do exist. I personally do not, uh, I'm not called to utilize that. And part of the reason for that is um, the energy exchange that was happening was, it, it carried meaning for people. So it used to be that people saw, let's say their livestock, their, um, you know, the food that they farmed, so on and so forth as their wealth, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. something that had a lot of value to them. So when they gave that up or when they exchanged that in order to receive some other blessing, like let's say healing or um, prosperity or you know, harmony in the home, something like that, it carried a lot of weight. Now we live in a time where most people are so disconnected <laughs> from, let's say, um, they're just their food source, right? So if someone was to do that, it doesn't carry the same symbolic weight as if they were to, let's say, give up Instagram for <laughs> for 30 days, right? The That sort of difference is what I mean by the environment, the time, the context matters. The principles at the core are still the same. In this case, I'm talking about energy exchange, but it's a shamanism is all about our relationship to blank, to ourselves, to each other, to nature, to the universe as a whole. And my role is to support people in coming into alignment in those relationships. Mm. And I love that you're talking about this. This is something we talk about quite a lot at Sacred Changemakers is the relational field and how we often think that it's the physical aspects of life that are driving the show, if you like. But very often it's, well, it's the invisible substructure that kind of lies beneath the surface, the relational field, if you like, that really is what's determining, you know, why we do what we do, why we don't do the things that we don't do, and and who we believe we are and who we believe we're not in that space. But what I really love about what you've described there, Makozi, is this, this kind of relationship with the context, as you called it, the environment, and, and, and maybe even the natural world in a way that is not, so I'm going to say this, it's not power over, it's power with. It's how do we learn to live within our context? Is that something that's alive for you in your shamanism? One thousand percent. I, <laughs> I <guess so. laughs> um, we 
you know, I have, I had a friend who made a post yesterday and, and was saying that, um, you know, most of the new age spirituality um, and also personal development books in the last 50 years, all of them tend to be about how do we get something, right? Like how right. do we control right. and create a certain reality that we want, right? And I, and I think there are some of us who are really called to bring forward this notion because, all right, I'm going to say something a little bit ouchy. Um, like I just can't do it without saying something ouchy. Okay. When a lot of us make a transition out of religious ways of being into spiritual ways of being, we don't dis- decondition all of our, all of our beliefs. And one of the beliefs that comes from religious upbringings and, and religious paradigms is that God gave us power over blank, right? Right. That we have power over the animals, the land, so on and so forth. And so that same unconscious way of being then just trickles over and is expressed through new age spirituality where the shamanic way is similar to like Taoist in that um, the entire intention is about coming into alignment with, right? It's, it's power with, it's uh, co-creation with one another, um, the non-physical realm, so on and so forth. And that requires a level of surrender, right? And it requires going with the flow as well. Yeah. So when you think about your work now in this context today, like how would you describe the essence of, of what you bring? And that's the first part of the question. The second is, and what is this in service of for you? Mm. Well, it's funny that you ask about the essence. <laughs> for me, the essence of it is, is what I call euphoric evolution. Right. <laughs> that's really, that's really the essence. So um, I would say that it starts with self-actualization. So it, it starts with how do we support people into coming into alignment with the fullness of the human that they're here to be, right? How do we actualize? Meaning how do we bring that into reality? How do we take it from potential into like real tangible ways of living, right? And ways of being. The other piece of that then is um, as you've done that, it naturally unfolds into what Maslow called self-transcendence, right? Also known as enlightenment or what I call essence, which is when you are so in alignment and you are so fully expressed that now you are, you have transcended the self or the ego and lots of amazing things happen when we do that. Number one, we are 
in service to that we could say the divine plan, right? Or there's a beautiful co-creation that we are all creating together. And then also, of course, the non-physical realm and the, the role of that. And also, um, it's it's the realm of, it sounds silly, but it's the realm of miracles. This is where you're able to create limitless <laughs> realities things begin to come into your reality that you didn't even believe possible, that you weren't even holding an attachment or expectation to. So when you ask about, you know, really the question is like, why, why do I do this? Or what is the motivation behind it? There's two. The main one is egoic, meaning it's for myself. I have no shame in saying that part of this work is, is um, the desire to expand into my own potential and to um, stretch the capacity of my own being, right? And, and evolve through euphoric evolution mm-hmm. <laughs> in the direction of um, my own alignment. But the second piece is really in my it's really a devotional path. And so my devotion is not to um, the people that I'm here to serve, uh, because sometimes that changes, actually. Mm -hmm. It's also not to my own wants. It's to the the divine or this, this beautiful unfolding that's happening in the world and it happens um step by step it doesn't happen it's not like i have this huge vision of like oh this is exactly what i'm building i only know no a couple years down the road but i'm just devoted to alignment i've just seen it too many times where when we devote ourselves to alignment, it works out in the best interest of everyone, even if it's uncomfortable or it's maybe not what we want in the moment. It, it always pays off 10, 50, 100 times. Yeah. And I completely agree. We're, we're so aligned in some ways. Um, it's it's fascinating listening to you talk about this. We're using different language, but one of the things we talk about as sacred change makers is uh, this an idea that we call resonance. And it starts with awareness, but the second step is inter- is internal alignment and how important that is in terms of what you're describing as a euphoric evolution. And who wouldn't want that in their lives? I mean, the way you describe it, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like you you had me at that. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> so I, I, it's making me want to kind of go back to our title because our title for today's conversation, Creating Space and Time to Integrate New Ways of Being. And if I look out into the world today, right, and, and you know, I'm just going to be very general. I do work with corporate organizations. So I look out into the world today and I see very different ways of being than what you're describing. 
right? I see a lot of hustle. I see a lot of people kind of stuck in the physical reality. And I can't help but notice how the language that you're using and and your way of being in the world, Makosi, is is how I would describe it at a higher level of consciousness than where I think, for example, most people live their lives. Now, you did say context is everything. So how like what is your journey been that is that has kind of elevated? And I am going to say that it doesn't mean that the elevation's better than the lower levels. It just means that you've managed to elevate your presence in the world, your kind of purpose in the world. And and you've got this. I mean, in, in my language, I would call it like a, a calling. And I have some sense of this myself because I'm I'm starting to explore what it means to follow where my work or my my divine calling wants to take me and I'm noticing how different that is to leave my intellect behind and my brain behind and Jane's strategic plan for the business and actually go where the work wants to take me and I I hear all of that in what you're saying and please tell me if I've got that wrong but this is where it's like what is it in your life that has brought you to this elevated perspective? And how do the people that are just like unaware of any of this, how do they kind of join you? <laughs> how do they get there if they're interested? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm so passionate about this topic because I see that the, so one of my gifts is, is being able to see the future. And part of that is not like a, oh, it's completely this like very esoteric spiritual gifting, which in some ways it is. I I do have sight, but in other ways, it's simply being able to see the unseen patterns and where this is going, right? The most likely um, results of how we're being. And this is not sustainable. (laughs) This, this way of, of hustle and, you know, constant doing is not sustainable for any, any human. And I think we all got a peak at that when 2020 came around, right? I don't think we have to go into details about some of the realizations that people were having, like, wait, everything didn't completely disappear when I slowed down. Right. right? And oh my gosh, I was doing a lot and not, I wasn't really fulfilled. Yes. I was, you know, maybe, you know, getting the success that other people wanted for me, or I thought I needed to have in order to be worthy, but it isn't having the depth. So I I feel craving depth of experience now, right? Like where you get to be fully present versus constantly either worried about the past or imagining the future so much. So you're never here. Right. So you're 1000% correct that you and I are completely aligned on (laughs) this topic. And yes, I may talk about it from um, a spiritual place, but it's, it's very practical. This is very it's very real. I'm not speaking in, in metaphors, right? So one of the ways that I started to come into this realization was number one, 
not overnight. <laughs> it happened <laughs> right. uh, over years, over lots of years. I'm blessed in that I became aware very young. I would say I'm, I was a quite conscious teenager. That's when I started to look at my own behaviors. I started to study, you know, why people do the things they do and got into personal development and spirituality very, very young. But it was around age 23. Um, I had an experience, you know, very difficult time getting pregnant. I had, uh, I had been an overachiever in school. So I graduated from college. Uh, I had two degrees, two bachelor's degrees at the same time and uh, in both business and marketing management. And my plan was pre-med. I used like my, um, my free classes and and took my pre-med prereqs. And when this little guy came into my life, my last year of school, um, I told my husband, I'm like, I, I just, my intuition was telling me I needed to be with him. And so that was the first moment that I started letting go of what everyone else wanted me to be or who I thought I had to be in order to be, you know, accepted, loved, connected, all of that. Right. And over the years, it was literally step by step by step realizing that I was doing a lot. And a lot of that was uh, distraction from dealing with myself. It was also um, completely trying to fit into a box. But once I began questioning, wait, do I actually even want to be (laughs) in that (laughs) box? Or is that who I think I need to be? And when I started giving myself permission to align my reality with the priorities and the values of what was important to me and who I really am, that it became really simple. So space for me, having space and time has been created because I realized, number one, that simplicity is divine. (laughs) Simplicity (laughs) is divinity. When we keep things as simple as possible, there's so much more ease. We have a tendency as human beings to make everything complex. And it's, it's, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be very simple. The other piece as well is I started saying no. I started getting practiced in saying no to anything that wasn't in alignment with who I really am, who I really desire to be. And that's a revolutionary thing these days, right? Because you say (laughs) yes to everything. Um, There's a lot of fear of missing out. I say no to most things. And those two things have created so much space Mm. in my life. Oh my gosh. 
And I love you've highlighted this idea of, of like simplicity being divine. Because as you said that, I just got goosebumps. I was like, that's the truth. Like, and I've never thought of it in that way. But you're absolutely right. Our ability as humans to make things so complex that we get overwhelmed. And we and that's why we don't have space and time, because we're in the hustle. We're, we're on that what well, something I call the should path, which is all the things we think we should do and all the things we think we should be and become and all that, because everybody's like shouting at us, telling us this is the way, <laughs> not that way, this way. And so there's a real sovereignty in your presence, in what you're describing here, that I think a lot of us lose somewhere along the path of our life. Mm. And you're claiming it not only that, you're inspiring others into it, which has got to be a better way of being than kind of where we end up if we just kind of blindly follow that, that, that should thing. Now, I've heard you say a life beyond success, right? Is that what you're talking about when you describe it in this way? Or is it, is it something else? No, it's, it's exactly that, but the ripple effect right. or the natural byproduct that happens when we operate in this way is literally beyond what you believe success is. And I, I believe there's a few reasons for that. Number one, um, innovation. Innovation happens through um, constrained conditions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it happens when there are, you know, there's a limited amount of time or there's a limited amount of resources, or it's got to be as simple as possible. That's when you can, you can get very creative, right? And the results of only saying yes to what is an alignment for you. And then also being a good steward and making sure that you're making space for others to do the same, right? Because it's it's not cool for you to be like, all right, I'm gonna say what's in, you know, say only yes to what's an alignment for me. But when other people tell me, no, that's not okay, right? That's, that's not embodiment. <laughs> you're not right. embodying. But when we start to do that, we start asking ourselves different questions, right? It's not, most of us make our plans and make our decisions from a certain end goal, right? So if I determine, you know, success is to have my business be $3 million a year, right? I go and then I create a plan of how I think or what I think I need to do in order to get to $3 million a year, right? And what typically happens is we've limited the path to one way, right? And, and then if things, if that launch doesn't go as planned or you know that ad doesn't work out the way that we thought it should, we either try to force it to work or give up and get frustrated and so on and so forth. Not realizing that 
when we focus on, okay, what is the context right now? What is the environment? What is in alignment at this moment? Number one, over time, usually the natural byproduct is what you thought success was going to be, but then it ends up being so much more because number one, you have been in alignment with um, integrity, right? You are embodying and being, whether that's on an individual level, level or as a business, you're staying true to what it is that you stand for, right? Or what your essence really is. Mm-hmm. And also, um, when you are the embodiment of a certain um, a certain frequency or you're the embodiment of a certain way of being, you become magnetic, right? People talk about you. People want to be a part of you. So this sounds very esoteric. Let me give a current example. Social media. <laughs> we'll talk social media. There's a ton of conversation right now around how Instagram is dying Mm. and what's gonna be coming in its place. And part of why Instagram is dying is an example of what I'm talking about. Instagram, their essence or the original intention of what they stood for was a photo sharing social media place where you could connect with the people that you cared about, the people that you wanted to follow, so on and so forth. And then something happened. A competitor came in, right? A quote unquote competitor. And they started to abandon who they are and what they stand for to try and be like this other platform. And now because they have tried to be like someone else. No one wants to, no one wants the copy of the original. They just want the original. Right. Right. <laughs> right. No one wants the copy of the original. So they end up shooting themselves in the foot, trying to be like who they think their competitor is instead of going all in on who they are. And because of that, yeah. They're dying and people are abandoning the platform. Yeah. So um, it sounds, you know, mm. it sounds very spiritual. It sounds very esoteric, but it's, it's happening Yeah, all the time. And what you're talking about there is something that I think is absolutely like a practical reality in the entrepreneurial world. Because very often, I I know this from some of my client base, like they'll look out into the world, see like a really great sales page or something and think, okay, let me just do it like they've done it. And then I'll have the success that they have. But what you're speaking to here is like, don't be the copy, stay true to yourself, to your essence, like stay true to what this, what matters most to you here. And be that because if you're something else, you'll never be in alignment. Have I got that right? <laughs> A thousand percent. It is. Um, you know, I was thinking about this this morning coming up my elevator. The the sheer number of people who look at, you know, leaders in maybe in their spaces and they see, oh, they're talking about this or they're doing this. You've got to understand that 
all of us are here to be a unique expression of divinity. That's how I say it. We're all here to be a unique expression of divinity. When we do that, when we are that, then the universe thanks us in the form of abundance. And that can be opportunities. It can be people. It can be money. It can be all sorts of, you know, amazing, beautiful things. When we don't do that and we try to be somebody else, but that's not who we're here to be. We could say like the, the energy is it's off. It's something that you can just, you can just feel when you read somebody's sales page copy and it's not congruent with who they're showing up as you feel it. You're like, Mm. <laughs> and they can learn all they want about sales and marketing and, and, right. and, but if that, if they're not embodying that, if, if that frequency isn't in alignment with them, then that actually repels the people that are here for you or your company. Yeah. So I want to run something by you because one of the things I've been talking about fairly recently and it actually tripped off my tongue without me actually intellectually thinking about it. It just kind of came out of my mouth once in an interview. And since then, it's caused a bit of a buzz. Is this idea that business and particularly corporate organizations are a waste ground of the soul? <laughs> That's what came out of my mouth. And what I love about what you're talking about, Makozi, here is this, this, uh, this idea that spirituality, because it's made up of people, and you're talking about, you know, our divine, we're, in, we're a unique expression of the divine. Then, of course, spirituality has a place and a role in business. But I'd love you to talk more about that, because I've heard you say this as well. Like, and I can also kind of imagine that there's people listening to this that are in corporate life or even running their own business or whatever. And they're like, spirituality's got nothing to do with my business. So what would you say to that? <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're in this beautiful revolutionary time where spirituality in my perspective is the next frontier yeah. of business and the businesses that come into alignment spiritually will be the ones who thrive and those who are um uh, you know, they're not based in anything deeper. They're just, you know, kind of surface level structures right. will crumble because there's, there's nothing energetically going through them. And we're, we're in a very pivotal time, um, energetically of human transformation and, and our values are shifting, right? It's very easy to see, you know, certain brands like Tom's, right? They, they, they're bringing through this deeper concept. That's why that business is, is booming the way that it is. So there's a few, a few places that I want to go with this. Yeah. Number one is understanding that businesses, projects all have their own energetic signature. So understanding that our businesses 
are not an extension of us necessarily, mm-hmm. but they are their own entity. There is, you know, when we bring them through, there's a certain purpose that they are here to serve. And when we don't honor that, that is when we we cut their destiny short, you could say. And um, some of the work that I'm doing, and I'm going to be talking about and bringing through more, is is this work, energetic strategy for businesses and understanding who your business wants to be and aligning with that flow instead of trying to force it to be what you think it should be. The other piece as well um, is understanding that when we devote ourselves to alignment spiritually, And we allow each individual to do the same. And we honor that. It has exponential benefits for the business. I will give you a real life example of this because I think it's helpful. There are lots of people in this world who have built skill sets that are not actually in alignment with who they are actually are, right? Or who they are actually here to be. So I'll give an example for myself. If I had gone down the path of becoming a doctor, would I have the skills of being a doctor? Sure. But that is not actually the highest use of my potential because my gifting and and my essence is really of the spiritual teacher and the spiritual mentor and the spiritual guide. I'm a spiritualist at my core, right? I'm a teacher at my core. So I can't remember who talked about it, but we all have these um, different areas of competencies, right? We have areas where, you know, if if we do those activities, we are both horrible at it and you know, we don't enjoy it. (laughs) We have other things that we are good at, right? But that we hate. And because of that, there's an energy drain. We have certain things that we do that maybe we're, we're good at, but, um, it isn't in our highest alignment, right? And then we have areas that are our zone of genius. And when we're in our zones of genius, time slips away. Uh, We're able to create so much more in such a shorter amount of time. The quality of it is, I, I mean, absolutely exponentially enhanced. And I think all of us have seen this, right? If we look at sports, if I, let's say, um, worked really hard at basketball, learning basketball, right? I could, I'm sure, get to a certain level of um, competency, right, with sports, but I am not, that's not my zone of genius, right? And so I would never be able to be as good as someone who maybe works the same amount, but also had the added benefit of that being in their zone of genius. Mm. 
So I, because I'm devoted to the path of alignment, I'm also devoted to the path of alignment for everyone that I hire and everyone that I work with. And my company gets to reap the benefits of that because everybody gets to, I don't have to worry about um, people giving it their all because they're on fire when they're doing this because it's an expression of who they are. I'm not asking them to contort themselves to, you know, fit in with a certain, fit in with the culture and da, 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 da. It's, this is the culture. And is that in alignment with this person? Is this role in alignment with who this person is at their core? Not, can they do that job? Very different way of approaching business that has, I just wish I could count all of the different benefits that come from this this way of approaching business. Well, let me point one out because I'm not sure if you're aware and I want to reflect this back so the audience can actually hear. So as I asked you that question, you started to talk and then you did this massive exhale (laughs) just as you went into the whole expression, right? And for me, that somatic like is also part of what you're talking about here. Because when we don't have to bend ourselves like a pretzel to be successful in business or do our role for uh, for the person we're working for or whatever it is, when we don't have to do things that are really hard, right? Because it's not in alignment for us. This exhale comes. And you, Makosi, actually did that as you started talking. You just did this huge like... And I, and it's a release. It's a relief. It's the, it's the flow. It's the acceptance. It's the receptivity that in our hustle culture, I think we often forget. And I know Mm -hmm. you speak about this too. So if there are people listening that are like entrepreneurs, and I know we have quite a few in our audience, how do they go from like where they are today in the hustle culture? Let's make that stereotype into being what I'm hearing you describe as more conscious, more intentional leadership. How do they do that? Mm. The beauty is that it can start with 10 seconds. Literally 10 seconds. So we've got to understand that I made a post about this yesterday in my my community (laughs) and I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this all the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We've got to understand that Every decision that we're making is what is creating our reality, right? There's a lot of talk about manifestation being our beliefs. What we believe manifests. That is not true, right? Just because I believe in Santa doesn't mean that Santa's real. My belief in Santa is creating a lens through which I see reality, right? So when those cookies go missing on Christmas Eve, right? (laughs) That's what I'm choosing to believe about the reality, but that actually isn't the reality. And all of us are doing this all the time. So it's not just our beliefs that are creating our reality. If I just believe, oh, one day I'm going to have this, you know, purple G-Wagon on my vision board, (laughs) then it will just, it will just come. No, 
It's actually from the decisions that we're making, right? But we don't understand that we're making 35,000 decisions a day and 95% of those decisions are unconscious, right? They are unconscious expressions of our identity. So the shift can start to happen with just 10 seconds. When we, number one, get aware or become conscious of our patterns, become conscious of how do I typically make a decision in these types of instances? What is my kind of like automatic response? And then instead, we take an insert 10 seconds before we make the decision. And in that tech, 10 seconds, we, number one, breathe, you know, and then decide, is this in alignment with what I'm going to say is my highest self or is this in alignment with who I desire to be or is this decision coming out of fear or like limitation? And in that 10 seconds, we make a different decision. Over time, that compound effect creates a completely different reality. So in our industry, there are lots of people who are like, you've got to go hard. You've got to make, you know, (laughs) go big or go home, right? It doesn't always have to be big. And in fact, always doing the big things <laughs> going to cause you to collapse and you will never, right. You'll never go anywhere. It's like you make those new year's resolutions and you're like, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week, every week. And by the end of the first 30 days, you're not even at the gym at all. It's allowing ourselves to give permission for it to be small at first for it to be, you know, all right, just 10 minutes of movement today. (laughs) And then tomorrow, okay, 12 minutes. Okay, (laughs) the next day, 15 minutes, right? And over time, this has a compound effect like Darren Hardy talked about. And the issue then just becomes a matter of, of can you have the patience? (laughs) Right. Right? Can you have the patience to allow it to unfold because the fastest way to create a different reality is to go slow. Wow. Not the other way. (laughs) (laughs) That is so counterintuitive for so many of us. And I think that's why, you know, we're not, we're not kind of following that kind of a path. It just doesn't like, it's not what the mainstream is saying. It's actually opposite, which is fabulous because what I love about the way you're describing all of this is in some ways it's 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 a very simple just like you said it's kind of and I know there's a lot of like platitudes out there like be yourself be authentic but what you're really talking about here is beyond the self beyond who I think I am and who I think I am not there's an essence go deeper tap into that oh Cozy, I love it. I really do. I just want to ask you, 
I've heard a lot about what you're talking about, about energetic alignment. And you're also talking about human potential here and us all really stepping into our potential, including yourself. And I mean, how do you see that relationship between the alignment and the potential? Is there a bridge between the two? Like, mm-hmm. how would you describe that? Yeah, when we're talking about potential, um, I imagine that each of us is a ball of limitless potential, right? There's, there is no end. However, moment to moment, we can live in our highest potential in that moment, right? right. So how we come into alignment, which is really at the core of my paradigm of euphoric evolution is that is one of two things. Number one, we understand that flow happens when we, we go with the path of least external resistance and we lean into the path of internal resistance, right? (laughs) Because very often it, the thing that's standing in our way, the thing that is um, creating the growth opportunity shows up in a little word called dissonance, right? So you use the word resonance. Mm-hmm. I am a proponent of dissonance. And the reason for that is um, in shamanic cultures, there's an understanding that creation, birth, growth all happens when dissonance arrives, right? Or when friction shows up. For us, that looks like, you know, what we call problems or obstacles. It's that internal friction that's showing us where our growth opportunity is. I liken it to our our um, internal GPS showing us exactly where it wants to grow. So most of personal growth is like, I want to get to this result. How do I get there? And there's all the, all of these other, you know, all of these potentials, but we never have to guess as to where our path is because our higher self is always showing us where we can lean into more of our potential through these areas of dissonance, things that we are seeing as problems, right? Because that that resistance is showing us that this current identity or this current iteration of who we believe ourselves to be is not serving because it's bumping up So we can expand our identity in service to who our highest self wants us to be in this moment. And that's a very difficult topic to kind of just get in one bite, right? It happens when you do it over and over and over again. You look at, you know, what is it that I'm, most resistant to right now and lean in to that area. And when we move through it, 
we find ourselves expanded. We find ourselves more fulfilled. We find ourselves more ourselves. And the problem with it or the challenge is that people want, they want the whole map. (laughs) (laughs) They want the whole map. They're like, I want to see exactly where this is going to take me. And, you know, but imagine how awful that would be. Yeah. How horrible would that be to know everything that was going to happen in your life? So this is where a lot of people say, oh, you need to have faith. You need to have faith in, you know, and I personally believe actually you don't have to have faith. You don't have to have faith. All you need to have is self-trust. Right. And going in this way of being, living in this style, having this be your way of being, you develop such a level of self-trust and self-resilience. You become so confident in your ability that no matter what happens, I am capable and I can, I can, I can find a way. And that, that evidence builds up over time. Yeah. I love that. And I love the way you talk about, you know, everybody wanting the whole map, because that's my experience too, is this idea that we need certainty, we need clarity before we can move on. And one of the things I often say is clarity is overrated. But the other thing about certainty that I just want to kind of add on to what you said, because I'd love your sense of this is, I talk about it like an energy system. When you know, you don't need to know anything else because you know, now you're a closed energetic system. Not that everything bounces off. You don't see any other opportunities. Like you said, it's like walking through a very narrow door. But when you don't know, when you're curious, when, when like you're describing, you are kind of allowing life to move through you. You're an open system. There's many doors that will open for you and you're ready to receive in that way. Mm. And so I just, what you're describing and how you're doing it, we are absolutely aligned. Our audience are going to love this conversation, my cozy. <laughs> they absolutely are. It's just fabulous. So let me bring us to a close because I'm noticing the time and I could carry on talking to you all day. I really could. But, you know, if there's something that you wanted to share today with our audience, maybe some words of wisdom to end with, or maybe there's something that you wanted to get to that we haven't, what might it be? You know, the thing that's been kind of on my heart, especially for um, sacred change makers in the world is there is this, this notion of wanting to have an impact, wanting to make a difference in the world. And the mistake that we make from that point of view is number one, we don't recognize that we are always having an impact. Um, that's happening. Most of us are just not aware of the impact that we're already having, but also the danger of it is we become, um, focused externally, right? We're focused on, um, on other people and 
real change starts from, it does start from within. Real change starts from us getting obsessed about embodying, literally becoming and actualizing our highest potential. That's how we have the impact. That's how we create the change that we want to see in the world. It's not by, you know, going out and while there's a time and a place for everything, most of our energy is focused on, on fighting what we don't want instead of being what we do want in the world and then allowing our, our impact to ripple out from who we be, right? That is, that's how revolutions happen. That's how we shift industries. That's how we create a new reality. It's um, well understood in a lot of ancient spiritual systems that one of the best ways to create what you want to see is simply by building it simply by creating that reality. And then the, uh, it, it starves the other of energy because if you be, and you create a reality that is delicious, <laughs> it's, it's scrumptious, right? It, it's um, it becomes magnetic and, and people begin to abandon ways of being that aren't serving them. So it seems like some of the challenges as humanity that we're facing are so outside of our reach and they're so big and they seem insurmountable, but we've got to understand that all of these systems are just people. Right. <laughs> are, they're just made up of people. And when enough people get on board with a different way of being new systems, new structures, uh, new ways of seeing the world are a natural byproduct of that. But it starts with us deciding to be that first. So elegantly stated, thank you so much. Makosi, I've loved our conversation today. I really have. And I know our listeners will have got so many insights from you. So thank you so much for everything that you shared today. Thank you so much for having me. I knew this was going to be magical <laughs> because we are so aligned in, in so many ways, but um, sometimes having different, having different language, you know, mm. around certain things and different expressions can trigger incredible awareness. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Before we go, I want to remind you that all of the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. A big thank you to the members of Coaches Business School who are our podcast sponsors and our extended community who are helping us to make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. 
And if you're looking for more soul in your life and business, if you have a sense that you have a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or simply connect with others on your change-making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more specifically about Makosi at the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.